Yeah, I really feel like actually God just wants to continue something that's been happening, what I feel like He's said to us this week. And I want to share a little bit of what I feel like God said to me in this week, and, um, and then how we move forward with that, and what I feel like God's saying to us right now in this season, after hearing what the things we've heard. So I, I loved Andrew's first preach this week. It was just the first two preaches. He was, he was really fulfilling his role as who we see him, as an apostle in a sense. He was, he was breaking down. He was breaking down things that we've built in our minds, in our hearts, our understanding. And he was relaying a foundation in a sense. And then upon that foundation, throughout the week, the guys built Ewan preached on worship. Sean preached on discipleship. Dave, I mean, uh, Mark preached on just sound doctrine. And these are really the pillars that we build, like that make us, in a sense, who we are. But I feel like that foundation is really the key thing. And I feel like what God was saying, what He said to, to me, was like, we need to stop enforcing our ideas on the kingdom. Because it's his kingdom. It's his ways. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Infinitely so. And we'll never get it. <laughs> we'll never get it. And I feel like the focus, well, the one thing I took away from this week was actually just how big God is. And how small and insignificant we are. And, and I feel like you know, in any, in any situation when God is made big and we are made small, He's been glorified. And I know, I think we're, we're spot on, actually. So if that's all I came away with, everything was in line. Everything was in line. And I feel like that just kept, this just kept on going through my head how big and how actually insignificant we are. Like, but by His love and His kindness... His mercy. And, and that word, and I even strong, like Andrew spoke about it. He touched on those things. I mean, our, our generation, our age, our world, the world teaches I, me, self-empowerment, your worth, this, that, this, that. And I feel like those things feed the spirit of this age. That is the spirit of this age. He set, up like a, he set himself up as a stronghold against the truth that God is big and we are small. He tries to make us bigger and God smaller. So when this gap is diminishing, it's false. When this gap is increasing, it's truth for me. Because we can't even comprehend how big God is. And I felt like some of the things that were said we're coming straight against that thing. And I feel like even in the time of, of prayer this morning, I feel like it's actually warfare. We're coming against the spirit of this age. We, we're speaking against cultural, the culture of this time. Our culture, that culture, whatever culture, it's against it. But the kingdom culture is God is big and we are small. His ways are higher than our ways. And I felt like God taking me on this journey through all of this, he's been speaking to me over the last few weeks. He's been speaking to me out of 2 Timothy. And I've been like, 
eating to Timothy for the last three weeks. Even while I was away on holiday, I was like, I think I know it backwards off by heart. But I, like, I feel like God wants to restore a fear of God to, the pe- to his people. A genuine fear. Something Andrew touched on, I don't know if it was in the conference or on the pastor's day, it was actually how, how dangerous sin is. And now we're playing with it. We play with sin. We push grace as far as to right to the boundaries, to the edges. We test it to see how far it can go. Instead of fleeing from it, we try and justify it. And like, all of these things, we're like, whoa. Instead of being disgusted with it, we try and make it acceptable. Like, and he used some pretty hectic examples. Like, I mean, we, he used the one example of, of, of clothes being stained, not even touching clothes that have been stained by sin, in a sense. And it's like, I don't think we get that. We don't get how devastating sin is. And we allow it in, in little bits by little bit by little bit. And I feel like God is, is calling us to be a generation that is humble. Because he's waiting for a, people to, a, a generation to humble themselves. To come low and say, Lord, oh my goodness, you are so big. It's not us, it's you. And I, like, I'm just, hear my heart when I'm saying this. I feel like I'm piecing together what was said over the time. Even, I can't even remember if it was Jonathan or Peter that said it. He said it's like the saints' prayers have been going up and they've been collected. And there's, there's been little pieces of outpourings of mercy and grace and miracles and the Spirit outflowing and little bits here and there. But we haven't seen... A, a strong theme was revival. Revival's coming. Something's coming. But I think very dependent on that is how we posture ourselves, is how we as a people respond to that, what was said. Revival, I believe revival will come if we posture ourselves humbly before the Lord, if we, sanctif- like if we, if we set ourselves apart, if we, Lord, you are big, we are small. But if we miss that, I really feel like He'll move on. He'll wait a generation. Try the next one. Are you guys ready? Are you ready to give it all up? Are you ready to follow me? No matter the cost. Like I love, I love what Nikki said and tomorrow. Just that if I'm ready to go, Lord, I'm not going to go and all of a sudden do this thing. No, God, what do you want me to do? The direction you've called me to go. And I felt like God Give me a word for us as a people coming out of this time, out of this conference. Because this conference has been equipping. And the thing is, there was one word actually the one day. It was the Friday morning. We, start the, we sang that song, uh, Let It Rain. You guys, I don't know if you guys remember that. And God said to me, he said, you know what? It has rained. My spirit has been poured. The same spirit in you is the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He said, you are filled with the Spirit. You are to be the rain to the nations. You are to be the rain to your communities. You are to be the rain to the people around you, bringing life. I've called you for such a time as this. I've called you to do it, and I've called you to be it. And it's like we wait for the Spirit to do this miraculous 
outpouring and it's almost like we're not going to do anything. But God wants us to posture ourselves and part, He's cho- chosen to partner with us that we can go out and we can do these things. And I feel like we're, we're privileged because we're, we're, I think we've been equipped well. And we, we're, we're, we're it. Now, for this time, for this place, it's us. We can't step aside and wait for someone else. It's like what I said before the conference. It's not, 412 is not an idea. It's not a name brand. It's not a conference. It's you. It's us. It's the saints that have been equipped to do the works of the ministry. And if we don't do it, who's going to do it? He's going to wait for another generation that's going to do it. And how exactly that looks, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And I pray we'll figure it out week by week. And as we wait upon the Lord and we trust in Him and we submit things one to another, He will direct us. He will direct our path. He'll direct our steps. Strategically, now we can make a plan like Andrew, like, like Andrew said. We can try and strategize. But if it's not in the Lord, I don't want to be part of it. I want to be a people that's so desperate. I had this picture like that if we posture ourselves like that, if we are so desperate for Him, and he's, we see his spirit getting poured out. Like, we, this place will be filled. And not only limited to this place, like, you're speaking to the person at the, putting petrol in your car, and suddenly the Holy Spirit comes upon him, and boom, there's a crowd of people around you, and whoa, what's going on? I think that's what it's going to, like, look, uh, maybe what it's going to look like a little bit more. Uh, Mark, I was just thought of Mark. I was like, Mark, raised out of his wheelchair. Imagine. God can heal. I'm praying for that day. I really am. <laughs> That's the God that we serve. And I think he's just waiting for us. Are we, are we going to follow him? And I felt like God showed me this as I went through, through to Timothy. Sorry, I had a preach planned and then it like changed, kind of went on its head this morning. We met as elders and the guys felt like, there's really just one thing that God wants to say this morning, so I've kind of had to drop a lot of things. And <laughs> so, so I'm really trusting the Holy Spirit in this as we wing it together. So I felt like God did say this, though. I feel God is saying to us as a people, I want you to be ready in and out of season. I want you to be ready in and out of season, ready to be equipped and to do every good work I've called you to do. I feel like God is calling us to be like a Timothy. Be ready in and out of season. And he charges Timothy in, four, in 2 Timothy 4. It says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. And I understand the context of this. I understand how Paul's speaking to him. But he says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead And by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in and out of season. And then it goes on to say, reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. But for me, the thing that stood out there, I felt like God is drawing this parallel parallel prophetically. He's telling us to be ready in and out of season. Because just the very scripture before that, he says, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. 
Who's the man of God? Who's the woman of God? It's you guys. You guys are the men and the women of God. You're carrying His Spirit. That you may be equipped and ready for every good work. Be ready in and out of season. And then I felt like, as I'm reading through it, I felt like He gave me three keys in it. Saying, what, so what does it actually mean to be ready? And I'll, I'll briefly mention the three keys, but I really want to stick around the one because I feel like that's what God is saying to us. Could probably spread it over the next couple of months because he's really going to do a deep, I feel like he's going to do a deep work in us. But the very first one is, he says, do not neglect the gift you've received by the laying on of hands. 2 Timothy 1 verse 6. For this reason I remind you, fan into flame the gift which is in you through the laying on of hands. What is that gift? It's the Holy Spirit. So we are not to neglect the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit, we are not to neglect. It is part of us being ready. It is part of, as we are spirit-led, that came through very strongly in the, in, in, this week, is we need to be a spirit-led people. And if we're neglecting the, the intimacy with the Holy Spirit, the friendship of the Holy Spirit, the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit, it's our comforter and our guide, we're going to miss it. That's the first point. I don't want to get stuck on that point. We can preach about that next week. <laughs> the second one, and I feel like this is the one God wants to hit on. 2 Timothy 2 verse 4. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one that enlisted, who enlisted him. Some translations say your commanding officer, to please your commanding officer. And God has just, that scripture has come very alive to me. I, I read that scripture very literally, very literally. The things of this world that we hold on to, the Bible says hold lightly onto the things of this world, but the things of this world that we hold on to are civilian pursuits. You see, wars, remember, we're, you guys know we're at war. You know we're at war. War against the kingdom of darkness. You know that you're an army. Have you enlisted? Are you saved? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? That's the enlisting. But then there's also an, a sense of becoming part of a family. I'm enlisting, in the, I'm enlisting in this regiment. And yes, Jesus is ultimately our commanding officer. But in a sense, in this regiment, I'm the commanding officer. Because I lead this congregation. I have my, what's the next, what would I be? What, captain, captain, then what do you get next? Major, deacons, community leaders. The, this is the picture that, that Paul draws for us. It's a, very, it's a great parallel. And I think some of you guys that have been in the army, I think my generation missed this, unfortunately. I'm a millennial, by, by the way. Can you believe that? Hey? Yes, thanks. <laughs> I thought I was out of, I thought I fell in the next, the previous one, but yeah. But unfortunately, my generation, and I actually think the one before my generation, did you go to the army? It wasn't compulsory for you. I think from Dylan's age down, we missed something. You guys went to the army. Where's Wayne? Wayne also went to the army. Who went to the army here? Andre, hey man. I think you guys get something. I was joking with Steve today. I said to him, 
one of my examples, but if your commanding officer told you to drop and give you 20, would you tell him you want to pray about it first? The guys in the army are like, no ways. You do it. If you were sick last night and you, you were, I don't know, on the toilet for the last night, you had food poisoning. You had to show up. There was no getting out. If you dropped, told you to drop and give you 20 or run around that tree, there was no way you were going to question that guy. You were going to do it. Steve tells quite a funny story. He had genuine fear for his commanding office. <laughs> Sergeant Major. But this is the picture that Paul draws. And, and this is how we actually need to follow. Because I think when we follow like this and when we look at life like this, I think God says, okay, there's a people that will do when I say. These are people that are not entangled in civilian affairs. They're looking at this thing like it is what it is. We're at war, and they are my soldiers, and they're responding like soldiers. And I learned that, so I, said, I shared with you guys, I really, I read that scripture very literally. I'm not going to question those that God's put, I'm not going to question anyone God's put over me. And I, I sometimes share that, that story, and I don't want to share the whole story, but when Andrew asked us to come here to Weinberg from Mossel Bay, um, I say, I don't, didn't really have to pray about it. And people are like, it freaks people out sometimes. Because our generation, this world, is like, no, how do you feel about that? How are you like... No, 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 no. I'm enlisted in this army. I know what I got myself into. When I signed up, I signed up. I no longer am my own, and I can justify it through a million other scriptures. I no longer belong to myself. I was bought with a price. I, there's a million scriptures that, for me, show me that. I am no longer my own. But I only need that one. And it's like, so when he asked us, there's a little bit of a thought-provoking question. I'm not going to force this on you. But there's the question, did I really have to pray about it? I don't think I had to. I'd made my decision. I'd prayed about it and made my decision a long time ago when I decided this was it. I prayed about it on the way. <laughs> I said, yes, Lord, help me. <laughs> Give me faith. Give me, equip me. But my response was, yes, I'll go, I'll do it. I'm not saying, like, hear me, hear me out. It's just, this is the way I see us. But I do believe, and I know this, is that people do what we do. And if we are people that follow like that, and we are people that respond like that to the kingdom and to God, we're dangerous people. Dangerous to the enemy. Devastating. And I feel like that is part of what Paul is saying to Timothy, if you respond like that, if you are that, if you don't get entangled in civilian affairs, you will be a person that's ready. And when we say ready, we often joke, like on leadership, we used to joke, you know, you're always ready, you always got to preach in your back pocket, you know, like guys that like preaching, like they're always amped and they're ready to go, ready to preach. It's much more than that, much more than that. It's a posture of our hearts. It's a lifestyle of being ready. 
It's a lifestyle of being intimate with the Holy Spirit. Remember, number one. Not entangled in civilian affairs. Number two. Ready to go. Ready to move. Ready to go this way. Ready to stay sometimes. But ready to, ready to respond as though you're in the army. And then the third one is to consecrate yourself. Is to put yourself aside. Is to flee from the things of this world. There's a 2 Timothy 2, 21 says this, Now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some of honorable use, some of dishonorable use. He will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to his master, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. And my question is, do we want to be useful to the master of the house? Who is the master of the house? That's not me. That's Jesus. Do we want to be useful to him? But he says, some are put aside for honorable use and some dishonorable use. Do we choose to put our sides as self? Do we choose choose to put ourselves aside? There we go. Do we choose to flee from our passions of our youth? Do we choose to pursue righteousness? It goes on. That scripture was this 2, 2 Timothy 3, 2, 2 Timothy 3, 2 to 5. It says this, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self. Lovers of money, prideful, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, kids. (laughs) Ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, not loving God, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That is the things of this world that we need to flee from. We need to make sure we're not getting caught up in these things. He goes on to say right at the end, his personal instructions to Timothy. He says, do your best to come to me soon. For Damas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. So here's an example of somebody that followed Paul has deserted him. He's got caught up in the pleasures of this world. He loves this world. He's entangled in civilian affairs. And he's gone. As to how badly he's gone, I don't know. Whether we'll see him in heaven one day, I don't know. But that's, that's quite strong. But I feel like God is calling us to be this type of people, to position and posture ourselves like this. And when we become this type of people, when we engage in life as it's a war, in a sense, in the spirit, I think our mind shift begins, a mind shift begins to happen. There's one quote I'd love to read quickly. Um, Dylan showed me this morning. I think, John, you sent it to Bill. It's a quote by John Piper. 
I'm wired by nature to love the same toys that the world love. Start to fit in. I start to love what others love. I start to call earth home. Before you know it, I'm calling luxuries needs and using money just the way unbelievers do. I begin to forget the war. I don't think much about people perishing, missions, and unreached people. Drop out of my mind. I stop dreaming about the triumphs of grace. I sink into a secular mindset, set that looks first to what can, what man can do, not what God can do. Listen to that. I sink into a secular mindset that looks first to what man can do, not to what God can do. It's a terrible sickness, and I thank God for those who have forced me again and again toward a wartime mindset. That's powerful. And we are those that force one another, remind one another to a wartime mindset. If I have to do this every Sunday, I'll do this every Sunday. <laughs> but God, I feel like he's, he, he is. I've had this picture in the conference of ranks of soldiers. And the king, who is Jesus, is walking up and down his ranks. He's inspecting his soldiers. He's not saying anything. He's just looking at them. Just having a good look. Make sure everything's all right. Then he walks to the front and he turns around. And he, there's this war cry that comes out of him like I've ne that you've never heard before. One that strikes fear into the heart of the enemy because his troops are ready. His troops are prepared. They're equipped. They're armed. They're dangerous. And he knows they'll respond when he calls. I almost wanted to, I felt like I said to Kim, I wanted to, like I would have, I wanted to end the conference like that. Or like a war cry. A war cry. Because we're at war. Let's not get caught up in our, in our lives, in our own civilian affairs. Let's let, hold loosely to these things. Let's go of these things. And when we're ready, and God speaks, we move. And then we see and begin to pour out His Spirit upon us. So that's just something I've been feeling over the last few days and, and just how that looks as to us as a congregation, we will work out. But the call is to be ready, is to not hold tight, tightly onto the things of this world, is to hold loosely onto these things. So if, you, if you're with me, who's with me? Who's with me? If you're with me, why don't you stand? See, I feel like this morning has been, it's been more a reminder. It's been a more of a recalibrating, just saying, guys, this is who you are. This is you've been, what you've been called to do. Because we've got we to be ready, because when the people come in, when God does pour out His Spirit, the ships are going to sink. <laughs> I love that. That was amazing. Peter shared, push out into the deep. Push out into the deep. And you throw your nets down, obedient to Him, 
the ship is going to sink. It's going to be so full. So maybe as I've been speaking, there's something in your heart has been going, oh my goodness. Because I think it always, there are always things in our lives that ensnare us. Might sound good, might be exciting, it might be, yes, let's go to war, yeah. But as I've been speaking, have there maybe been things that you've been realizing that are just like, ish, maybe I'm holding on to that thing tightly. Maybe I need to let go of that thing. It can be anything, work, relationships, ideologies, mindsets. Even that way, <laughs> I love this, even that way we we. We re- read the Bible like Andrew was breaking it down right at the beginning. Our theology sometimes. We've got to just let go and let God hold lightly to these things. Come humbly before Him, desperate. 